After nearly three decades covering the Buffalo Bills, this guy knows what he's talking about. Welcome to Sal Speak, the place to be for hard-hitting analysis from Sal Majorana of the Democrat and Chronicle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sal Speak podcast. I am Sal Majorana, and we did the Bills podcast yesterday, a nice win uh, over in Orchard Park against the Jets, 27-17. Hope you got a chance to listen to that one. Um, I basically did a full review uh, of the game, and it was very impressive. The Bills looked good. Jets looked awful. I guess we kind of expected that to happen. Um, but I think it's a bigger test this week for the Bills. They go down to Miami. That is not going to be a walkover game for them. So I'm looking forward to uh, to watching that. Won't be in Miami for the first time in, I guess, 30 years. that I'm not making the trip to Miami. Uh, quite disappointed, but... That's the way it is in this COVID world. So anyways, Bills were yesterday. Today we move on to the New York Yankees, and I welcome back my friend Charlie Ricker. Charlie, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing well, Sal. How about yourself? I am uh, I am good. Tuesday's my day off from the NFL, which is nice. So this will probably be our good day to do our Yankees podcast because I do have to do a Bills podcast now on Monday. So let's get right into it. And look, the last time we spoke, Charlie... It was a week ago, eight days ago, and I was about to jump off the ledge. I'm, you're you're more even tempered than I am, but they were in you know about as bad a place as we've seen a Yankee team for quite a while. Uh, and then it only got worse um, when they lost three straight, or they lost two in a row to Toronto. The, the first of those games, the epic ten run inning that Adovino and Green uh, could not have looked any worse than. Um, and they did salvage. We'll start here now, Charlie. They did salvage the third game of that series. Davy Garcia um, went in, pitched great in that third game against Toronto. They won seven to two. Let me ask you about Garcia. I guess to start off, when when spring training ended, and he had gotten lit up, I think pretty regularly. It seemed like in the spring, and there was no way that I thought we were going to see him in the major leagues, even in this crazy COVID world where they were going to have a 60-man team, basically, at their disposal. I just didn't foresee that Garcia was ready. Are you at all surprised by what this kid has been able to do? Because he's, kind of, he's kind of been their savior, in a, in, a, in a way, the way he's pitched for them. He, he really has. He's, he's really looked like, a, he looked like a veteran out there. He looks like he's done this before. He, uh, even, in his, even in his debut, he looked like, he owned the place. He really, he really opened some eyes, I believe, on Yankees Twitter and around the baseball world, drawing comparisons to the great Pedro Martinez, who also gave him compliments on Twitter. Uh, the way he looked in spring training, yeah, it was pretty ugly, but he's really, he's really stepped it up, and the Yankees really needed it. Yeah, that that game in Toronto. But let's face it, they were at the lowest point that they've been. When? Probably since the end of the Jeter era, I guess, when they just weren't very good. They were they were horrible. They had lost five in a row. Somehow they'd lost three in a row to Baltimore. They come in, as we talked about, the first two games in Buffalo were just abysmal. And then he goes out there and just pitched. I'm looking at his line. He went seven innings, five hits, two earned, no walks, six strikeouts. I mean, what more could you possibly ask for in your starter? And this kid's 21 years old. And that was what, his second or third start in the major leagues. I mean, people talk about turning points all the time. And I think in a baseball season, a regular baseball season, it's it's kind of hard to pick out 
turning points, right? Because there's so many games. But in this season, that really qualifies as a turning point for the Yankees. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, I agree with that. And especially the way he's not walking anybody. That's pretty unheard of for somebody with his lack of experience and his young age. Usually the control is the last thing to come around. But in this case, he's hitting his spots. He's, uh, he, his catchers are even even seem to be giving him the freedom to shake off here and there if he thinks that better pitch might be more appropriate. Um, but yeah, that he he definitely has given the Yankees rotation a breath of fresh air and really helping save the bullpen as well because they've been pretty taxed. Yeah, the bullpen is is a worry. I mean, you know, they're playing teams. You know, Baltimore. I mean, I'm I'm not even totally sold on Toronto, but they have played well. Um, you know, Boston's coming up. They just finished playing the Mets. These are not very good teams, Charlie. I mean, the best team they've played all year has been Tampa Bay. And then maybe, I guess I'd throw Atlanta in there. And they lost the last two games to Atlanta. But that team's banged up. Their pitching staff's a mess. They have not faced a lot of good competition. And, you know, I'm going to assume now they are going to make the playoffs after a little bit of worry there last week. They're going to make it. And I, I don't know, Charlie. I mean, we're going to talk about the guys coming off the injured list. I'm not totally convinced that this team is ready to play against the better teams they're going to see in the playoffs. Do you think that, I mean, let, let's first talk about that and then we'll get to what we might think the injured guys coming back and produce. Do you think they're going to have a chance in the playoffs? I don't have my hopes set very high, Sal. Uh, the bullpen especially worries me. Adam Adovino cannot be trusted no. whatsoever. Chad Green's been up and down, although he's looked better lately. Um, what It's good to have Rollis Chapman back, and Zach Britton seems to be healthy, and those two will be very key to the Yankees' postseason hopes. Um, but even Jonathan Holder, who is definitely not one of my favorite pitchers, he, he's been, looks like he's starting to enter the circle of trust a little bit. So Yeah. But otherwise, it's like you said, there's too much of a gap, I think, between the really good teams and the lesser teams that the Yankees have been feasting on, especially Tampa. If, they, if the Yankees face Tampa in the playoffs again, I think it's game over because yeah. there's just, they're worlds apart right now. They really are. It's almost unbelievable to say that, that Tampa Bay can be worlds ahead of the New York Yankees. It's, I mean, I don't like this world we're living in, Charlie, for a lot of reasons right now, but that's one of them. <laughs> that Tampa Bay is better than the Yankees? Come on, you got to be kidding me. I, I thought I thought one of the key games last week, Charlie, um, Garrett Cole, the, the first game of the doubleheader Friday, he needed that. And again, I, I Baltimore is an improved team, and they do they, their lineup has been hitting this year. But if ever the Yankees needed their ace, to be great, even though it was just against the Orioles, I thought that was the game. Cole was outstanding. Complete game, two-hitter. Um, I'm looking at his strikeouts. Where How many strikeouts? Nine strikeouts, one walk. Nine. They need that Garrett Cole. That was the first time we've seen Astros Garrett Cole all season. And hopefully, again, the, the turning point phrase, I hope that was it for him because he has got to be like that every start he makes the rest of the year. Absolutely. He uh, last couple starts, he's finally had the uh, fu, for lack of a better phrase, yeah. kind of start. He, 
he's got his he's got his Astro stuff, and it really has saved the bullpen. He threw 114 pitches that night, 74 for strikes. So he threw a lot of strikes. He hit his spots, and he did. He looked like the ace that the Yankees desperately need right now. And then I saw the uh, I wasn't watching the game on Sunday because I was over at the Bills. But, you know, I'm paying attention on my phone, obviously. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, why have they only scored one run in eighth inning? Why can't this Baltimore pitching staff? I mean, Means, I think, is he's a decent pitcher. But I just, I'm trying, I was, I was, I was, I couldn't wait to go back and watch the condensed game to see what the hell happened. Um, and then Gleyber Torres comes up in a big spot there with a two run double. Um, that was huge. I mean, that was, you know, it's five in a row now. It kind of puts the Orioles. In the grave, they're done. They're not going to come back from that. Um, my question to you is, because I'm sure you were watching, why the hell was Glaber Torres not in the starting lineup? What is Boone doing? He is at a point, Charlie, again, it's probably not him, but why does he feel the need to rest these guys at a time when they're fighting for a playoff berth and they've only played 40 friggin' games all year? Well, I'll tell you, guys like... Cal Ripken Jr., who played every game from 1982 through 1998, uh, it makes it makes us shake our heads. Uh, you know, I, I agree that it's probably not Boone; it might be more Cashman. But the worst thing you can do for an everyday player when he's hitting well is sit him out, because that just stops momentum. And it seems like Boone and the Yankees organization does this over and over again. Drives us fans crazy, and and us media as well. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to understand. You can't. When somebody's struggling, that's when you sit them. When they're hitting, when they're raking, it's it's pretty unbelievable that they decide to sit them out yeah. at the times when the Yankees need the offense the most. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, my I you know I'm a Cubs fan as well. That's my National League team, and David Ross has come in this year. And, you know, I love Joe Madden as a manager. I mean, I, I just I love him. Um, he, in the media, he's great. I mean, for me as a writer, if I covered the Cubs, I would have cried that Madden was leaving to go to the Angels this year because he's so damn good. But, you know, one of the things that Madden drove us all crazy about was, similar to the Yankees, you know, he would change the lineup. He never had the same lineup back-to-back days, I don't think his entire existence, with the Cubs. David Ross has come in and basically said, you know what? These are our guys. We're going to play these guys. His, you know, his batting order changes a little bit, but it's generally the same guys playing the games now every day. And that's how you and I grew up watching baseball. You threw your nine guys out, and that was the lineup until somebody got hurt or somebody was in a horrible slump. The Yankees, for whatever reason, they don't do this. And I, to me, I think it hurts. You know, There's no such thing as momentum. Momentum is the biggest bullshit thing that anybody can talk about, especially in baseball. Momentum is the next day's pitcher. You and I know that. But I do think there's a rhythm to a baseball season. These guys play every day. And if you're interrupting that by giving a guy a day off once every three days, I don't think they can get in the true rhythm of what a baseball season is supposed to be. That's, to me, where they're missing where they're missing out. Yeah, they might protect Torres for eight innings with, with his, you know, his injury that he had, but I think he's over that. But... I think ultimately it hurts the day-to-day performance when you got when you put the stop sign up every three or four days. Well, you're exactly right, Sal. And uh, 
this past week, I think it was before, yeah, it was the week before, uh, Aaron Boone sat DJ LeMayhew, who's been getting hits every single day. The media asked him after the game how he was feeling. He said he didn't need a day off. He just came out point blank and said it. And and, uh, since uh, DJ's played every game this last week, so maybe more players need to speak up a little bit and just tell them, when, when I need a day off, I'll let you know. You know, I think you have to have that trust factor between management and the players themselves to to believe them when they say that they feel fine, let me go play. Yeah, and, and LeMay, who, I mean, he just had 10 days off with the injury. There was just, I, I don't know, it's just pointless to me. I'll tell you what, I mean, we are getting towards the end of the year, and his contract is up. I, I hope to hell they do everything they can to re-sign him. But, you know, I, my fear now, I think we talked about it last week, my fear now is he's going to look at this team with, you know, all these different pieces they have. He wants to play every day. And he probably would prefer to just play second base rather than do what he does with the Yankees. I'm, I'm starting to really get worried that they're not going to be able to resign him. And that is going to be, he's their best player. I don't care what anyone says about Aaron Judge or, or Stanton or Torres. LeMayhu is their most valuable player. Uh, maybe when Judge is healthy, you can make that argument, but I'd still rather, in a big spot, Charlie, who would you rather have up, LeMayhu or Aaron Judge? Oh, there's no there's no question I'd rather have LeMayhu up there. He seems to be the type of player, when he's in the lineup, he automatically makes everybody else better. And he seems like he's the captain, more or less, as he leads by example. They, the Yankees go as LeMayhu goes, and they need to do whatever they can to sign him. But I do wonder, since it's been this long, I wonder if they, the Yankees organization has been quietly sending offers and maybe DJ's just not interested. He's seeing what's happening here and he says, ah, screw this. Yeah, I mean, it's it really, I mean, I, I would think everyone wants to play for the New York Yankees and he's done it and he's been fantastic. But I think, like I said before, I think he's a guy who wants to play every day and that's just not going to happen here. So I hope they get that figured out. Um, I really don't. I mean, I, he's going to be, he's going to be thirty-three maybe this year. So he's starting to get up there. This performance level won't continue on, you know, a whole lot longer. But I think he's also one of those guys that could play into his mid to late thirties. The way he plays the game, I, I think he's one of those guys who could persevere. So I, I certainly hope that they're going to make a move and get him uh, re-signed. Let's talk about the guys that we think are coming back this week. Um, they got bad news on Paxton last week. Apparently he's going to be, he had the old setback, Charlie. You know, the Yankees are famous for the, the rehab setback. It seems like every one of them has the setback at some point. So he's probably done. Um, they got good news on Urshela, who I think is possibly back tonight. I'm not sure. And then they keep saying that Judge and Stanton are getting close. And they think it could be by, you know, later this week. So my question to you is... When they finally get Urshela, Stanton, and Judge back in the lineup, is this team set to go into the postseason? Or do you think those guys are going to struggle and it's going to be, they're not going to be able to do what we expect them to do because they've had no time on the field this year? Well, Sal, I think they are going to initially struggle as they try to find their way back into their rhythm to where they can feel comfortable at the plate. It might take a few games. They might prove us wrong. 
I think Urshela might be the first one to actually start hitting because he's he just seems to be a more well-rounded hitter where Judge and Stanton are pretty much home runs or strikeouts for the most part. Um, but hopefully when they get back in the lineup, they'll surprise everybody and just start, start raking. But right now I would say it might take a little bit and they're going to need a few games to get rounded back into shape for the playoff run. There's only 13 games left to go as of today. So there's not a whole lot of time, but at least with the 16-team playoff format, I'm I'm guessing the Yankees will find their way into the postseason. And then it's up to the players to produce and see if they can get into, deeper into the playoffs. But right now I'm skeptical. Yeah, me too. Um, again, and Judge and Stanton – like you said, they're they're kind of it's it's all or nothing with them, and it. I'm not sure. Say they get back at the end of this week, they're going to have what a week and a half to get their timing and rhythm down, and then they're going to start seeing really good pitching when the playoffs start. I, I have my doubts about it, um, but we'll see. So look, if they get these guys back, you you tell me where I'm wrong here. But this is the lineup that I envision for the postseason. Sanchez behind the plate, as much as it pains me to say that, but, I mean, you can't start Eric Kratz. I mean, for Christ's sakes, he's Eric Kratz. So you've got to stick with Sanchez and his 127 or whatever the hell it is batting average. So he's behind the plate. Urshela at third. Torres at short. LeMayu at second. Void at first. And then you have to play Clint Frazier every day. Clint Frazier in left, Judge in right, Hicks in center. Is that what you're envisioning? It's got to be. I think that's what you have to do. Frazier's really, he's really come a long ways from his struggles of 2019. I'm looking at his stats for the last week, and uh, three out of the seven games that he played, he played every game this past week as well. Uh, he had, in three of the seven games, he had two hits. So he's been, he's really produced and he went seven for twenty-four last week, and that's yeah. You gotta play him, and Gary Sanchez. At least it looks like he's starting to drive the ball now. He had an opposite field gapper uh, a few games ago, and then Gary hit another gapper for another double uh, during the series against the Orioles. So maybe Sanchez is starting to turn the corner a little bit, but like you said, you can't play Eric Kratz, where Kratz earns more of his money being a leader by you know by mentoring young pitchers. He, I think, he earns his money more sitting on the bench anyway, just for his his veteran experience and his knowledge. Yeah. So I mean, look, I, I I've Talkman was a nice story last year, and I I, I have no problem with him being a late game defensive replacement for for Frazier but you know I mean they're going to continue probably going once they get the whole team back Frazier I hope isn't going to fall into this trap where they go lefty righty matchup because I think he should be playing every day but Talkman just has not played well this year so if they're going to use him as a late game defensive replacement fine Mike Ford I'm done with I'm sorry start fresh next year if you're going to keep him Voight's got to play every day I don't care if they bring a big righty in late in the game. You're not going to pinch it, Mike Ford, for, for Luke Voigt. So I'm done with him for now. 
Um, so really, I think, you know, we've talked about keeping a set lineup. This really should be the set lineup once these guys are back for the rest of the year. There's no reason to be doing any mixing and matching, I don't think. Right? I mean, they just, there's just no reason to do it. I hope they don't. Tell me what you think. No, you got to play Frazier. You got to play Frazier every game. You got to play Luke Voigt at first. Voigt was just absolutely on fire for a big yeah. game this past week. He had a six RBI game against the Orioles where he mashed two, three home runs, three run homers. He went eight for 29 the, the past week, and that was only brought down a little bit by a couple of over fours on this past weekend. But yeah. And and Newhart, you got to play him too. He's he's starting to hit a little bit. Yeah, you're right. I I forgot about him. I mean, but he yeah. you've got to DH him. I mean, and, but if you're going to get Stanton back, there's not going to be a place for Ann Duhar. So maybe maybe he becomes their big pinch hitter. But it, it, that it, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I forgot about Ann Duhar. He has started to come around. He's up to 242 yeah. now. Um, his on base is still horrible. 277. He never walks, but he has yeah. he has hit better than that he was. And their pitching has been a lot better. Like you said, we, we touched on Davey Garcia, but Jay Happ looks like he's started to turn the corner, too, looking more like the pitcher the Yankees acquired for the second half of 2018. You can't hit your hopes too high on him, but yeah. any positive starts you can get out of Jay Happ, is, it's a plus. Yep. You know, their, their rotation, I mean – at the top, I think they're going to be fine. I, I trust Cole and Tanaka. I, even Tanaka, I trust him in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that third spot because Hap. I mean, I, it'll probably be Hap because it's you know he's a veteran guy, um, but I'm not totally trusting of Jay Hap. And then what do you do with with Montgomery and Garcia? Montgomery was so good the other day, and then it just it was it sucked that they had no offense. And Adovino, of course, I think it was Adovino, gave up the tie and run that cost him the win. I, I don't know. I mean, do they roll the dice with Davey Garcia as their third over Happ and Montgomery? That's going to be a real interesting choice for Boone to make. Yeah, and I think it's really going to – I think a lot of it is going to be on the, the opponent they happen to be facing, how their lineups are, whether they're more right-handed heavy or left-handed heavy. Uh, I do like Garcia the way he he looks like he has ice water in his veins. So I don't really have much of an issue with Boone starting Garcia in a possible playoff game. But it's also hard to overlook the job Hap's done as well. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and I think Montgomery will be the odd man out. Yeah. Well, you know what I could see. You know what I could see happening, Charlie. I could see. Montgomery and Garcia doing a piggyback deal in one of the games, you know? I mean, if they end up with if they end up using Hap as the third, you know, depending on what the off days are, if they have to go to a fourth, I could see a Garcia Montgomery piggyback situation. That might be something to work out. It would hopefully save the bullpen a couple innings. Maybe that's something they consider. I, I agree. That's generally how the Yankees seem to do things. In, in that situation, to help ease the burden on the on the relief corps, especially you can't trust Adebino. Yeah, and it's it's not the bullpen the Yankees envisioned a year or two ago when they had all these all these power arms to 
worth each shutdown inning. It ha- just hasn't worked out the way they planned. Is he, uh, do you know, I, I have no clue. Was it a two-year deal or a three-year deal? Is he up this year? For Adovino? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if it was two or three. I hope it's I, two. I, think, <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's two, but I'm, something makes me think it might be a three-year deal. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. I, I think you might be. I think it is a three-year deal, but, boy, he has fallen off the cliff. He's not. He's been terrible. They cannot trust him to go out there. You're right. Holder has actually been – I mean, the game, I think it was the Baltimore game, the one that went to extra innings. Holder saved the game. You know, they start the guy on the with on the second base, and the guy was at third base immediately. Holder got out of that, and then they go on and win the game in the bottom of the uh, in the bottom of the tenth. So that was big for them. Yeah, out of Vino, I don't know what you do with him. So, anyways, this week, yeah, yeah. Toronto. Look, it, the Yankees need to beat Toronto and get second place, right? They don't want to be screwing around with the wild card situation and playing. You know what it looks like is going to be either Tampa Bay or or the White Sox, who, are, who have been terrific. I think they need to avoid both of those teams, at least in that first round. they got to beat Toronto. It's hard to believe that we're talking about the Yankees have to beat Toronto, but that's the situation they're in. They've got six games left, I think, right, with Toronto? Three here, three in Buffalo. I think it is. Three here, four in Buffalo. Four in Buffalo, so seven games against yep. Toronto. Yep, so it's seven games. It starts tonight, man. they got to do it. Who's pitching tonight? Do you remember? It's Garcia tonight. Garcia's tonight, okay. So Garcia's tonight. Biggest yeah. series of the year, right? This is it? Yeah, this is absolutely it. And let me tell you, Toronto's legit. Yeah. They're going to be a team to contend with. If they, if they can just figure out their rotation, they're going to be a force because the, the lineup they have, they have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is so much like his dad, not so much in film, but yeah. and, and the way he hits. Kevin Biggio, uh, Bo Bichette, who just came back from injury, Teoscar Hernandez. He, he's out. He's out for the year. But yeah. going forward, they've got a solid lineup. Well, they do. Guriel is a good player for them. Um, yeah, they're going to be a force. Unfortunately, they're they they were down for a few years, and I that was I'll tell you what the Red Sox and the Blue I hated the Blue Jays when they had Batista <laughs> and Encarnacion and Donaldson. Oh my God, I couldn't stand that team. But now they're back. I like their players better now than those guys. I kind of like these kids they have. But, yeah, they're going to be a problem moving forward next year. So it starts tonight for the Yankees. They've won five in a row, you know, four against Baltimore, who I still think is kind of a myth. Um, they need to prove us, prove it to us tonight that they are truly back. All right, Charlie, so we'll, we'll meet again next Tuesday, and hopefully let's see, we've got three against Toronto and three against uh, Boston on the weekend at Fenway. Um, I'm going to trust that I'm going to say the Yankees are going to win four of those six and we're going to be in a better, we're going to be in a good mood next week. I, I sure hope so. It was nice to, it was nice for the Yankees to win five games this past week and they're going to have to do it again. They're, they're all, they can't roll over. No, they can't. All right, Charlie, thank you very much for being here. We'll talk to you next week and for everyone else, I'll be back with a pod uh, probably on Monday to review what the Bills and the Dolphins did Sunday afternoon down at uh, whatever they call that place now, Hard Rock Stadium, I think it is. So, Charlie, have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, we'll do it again next week. Take care.